You know, I look out here and I don't just see a body of believers. I see a royal priesthood. Each and every one of you is blood-bought. Each and every one of you was paid a, a, <laughs> such a price. How God could love us that much that he would give his son. I loved hearing Tammy talk about the blood of Jesus, pleading with blood over our possessions, over our homes, over ourselves. That cleansing blood that flows. I see a people with so much potential. You're precious to Father God, far beyond our understanding how precious we are. We don't have to be superstars, we don't have to be something special. God looks at our character, and that's what he sees. We don't have to be so charismatic. We just have to have that almighty God-given character. Each of us has to ask ourselves this question. Do we have the faith to believe that that potential is within us? Do we have that faith to say, yes, God. Thank you, God. Thank you for touching my life. Each of you, and I want you just to grasp hold of the each of you, each of us, has seeds of greatness that God has placed within us. Those seeds are there. Those seeds will come to fruition. It may take time. It may not take a lot of time. It's up to you how far you want to go with God. He's made that deposit. He's given you gifts. He's given you abilities. He's given you strength. There's mechanics. There's there's electricians. There's people that, like Whitey over here, that worked on appliances for so much of his life. He's given us that ability. He's given us that knowledge. I'm sure there's others that have, each of us have something that we can specialize in, a special ability that God has given us. Some of it comes just so naturally to us. Other things we have to work at. But know that God is with us and God supplies and meets all our needs. Do we have the belief to believe that those seeds of greatness will come to fruition? Do we believe that they're in within us, each and every one of us? Because they are. We know this to be true if we look at Hebrews 11. And you don't have to turn there. I'm just going to kind of go over it a little bit. But we talk about the heroes of faith. We talk about Abel who offered God a better sacrifice than Cain did. We look at Enoch, taken up so that he did not see death. We look at Noah, who believed God and built an ark. We look at Abraham, who was called to go forth from a place to one he did not know, and he trusted God and he went. Isaac, who blessed Jacob and Esau concerning their future, he saw ahead. He saw the bigger picture that God had placed before him. By faith, Jacob, when he was dying, blessed each of Joseph's sons and worshipped as he leaned on the top of his staff. They kept their focus on Christ. They let those seeds within them come forth. We look at Joseph who went through many trials. I mean, imagine your brother's don't like you. They throw you in a pit. You're sold into slavery. And from there on, it's just one issue after another. 
abandonment, rejection, it's all there. Moses placed in a basket, put in the river. Many people will say, you know, kids are resilient. That didn't mean anything. You know, I remember things that touched me when I was little. And as God brought those things back to me, I said, oh, that's where that came from. That's why I felt that way. I can remember my mom used to ride horses. And um, she rode horses right up until probably a week before I was born. I was used to moving. You know, I was moving all the time. And all of a sudden, I'm laying in a basket, and there's no movement. And the Lord showed me, in my eyes, I saw I was all alone in that place. But when the Lord showed me what was around me, wow, because I wasn't the only baby in that, in that ward. There were babies all around me. You know, so we have to look and let God show us that the feelings we feel sometimes are not real. They're lies of the enemy. Moses, when he was grown, refused to, call, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to suffer with his people. And then his people turned on him. And then he suffered in the desert for 40 years until he came back. Abandonment, rejection, what else can we name? It's all there. By faith, Moses left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw who was invisible. He saw the living God. By faith, the prostitute Rahab welcomed spies in peace, did not perish with those who were disobedient. We can look at Gideon, who was hiding on the threshing floor, and the angel calls out, mighty man of God. Seeds of greatness rise up. Barak, Samson, David, Samuel, we can go on. All people of great faith, all people with great seeds within them that came to fruition. And we can be encouraged by this in Hebrews 12. Hebrews 12, 12 says, Therefore, we also, since we were surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, looking unto Jesus, looking unto Jesus, author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is set down at the right hand of the throne of God. Amen. Amen. Some may have grown satisfied with where you're at, and that's okay. Many are seeking more. Many are satisfied with what's been accomplished, but God has more. It breaks my heart to think that there are people that have walked away from the faith, but knowing that there are people praying for them to come back. Wherever you're out right now, God has more. He'll take us to new heights. He'll take us into deeper relationship with him. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, from glory to glory. I've heard it said before, not just glory to glory, but glory to glory to glory. Sometimes we get tired. You know, I think years ago about a pastor that said to his senior pastor, he said, 
Pastor, when we get to the top of this mountain, can we just slow down a little bit before we take the next one? He said, no, no, no. We'll rest on the way. We'll rest on the way. God has more for each of us. Seeds of, uh, seeds of greatness can be stifled. Some have been growing. Some have been stifled. They're dormant right now, but they're still alive within you. They're still there. These seeds grow, and as they grow, we become more like the fragrance of Christ to those around us. We each are ambassadors of the Most High. Keep that in mind, who you are and the strength that you walk in. The enemy of your soul tells you lies to keep these seeds lying dormant. He doesn't want you to move forward. In John 10.10, he says, the thief comes. Jesus said this, the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Let me tell you something. He will steal your dreams. He will destroy your potential. He doesn't want us to realize what's within us. He doesn't want us to move forward in strength. He wants us to cower back. He wants us to believe lies. He doesn't want us to realize who we truly are, the king's children. Search deep and know who you are. Grasp a hold of who you are. You're a kingdom advancer, each of you. You advance the kingdom each and every day of your life by what you say to others, by how you act, by what you do in the process. Matthew 28, 18 through 20 tells us who we are, that we are those advancers. Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Now go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I will always be with you till the end of the age. He's always with us. We are never alone. You know, think about it. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, and you. You're never alone. You don't walk in solitude. The rest of John 10.10 says, I have come that they may have life and that they may have life more abundantly. Can we make that personal today? He says, I have come that you may have life and you may have life abundantly. Melvin Lewis, today you may have life abundantly and I pray that over you in the name of Jesus. Healing in your physical body. And we thank you, Lord, that you are here today, that you pour out upon us over and over again. I love that word, rain down, Holy Spirit. Rain down in this house. As he rains down, you know, you don't just get filled with the Holy Spirit just once. You're filled over and over and over again. Because we leak. You know, we leak. And if, if you don't leak, put some holes in your bucket. Because you're going to get stagnant. And you don't want to be stagnant. You want that flow to be continuous, to flow out to those around you, touching each and every one, being that fragrance of Jesus Christ to each and every one. We can rest in the palms of the Almighty. 
we can rest in his hands knowing that he is pure, that his motives are pure, that his love is never ending. He carries a sweetness. His word carries a sweetness like milk and honey. The word is trustworthy. The word is true. Can we grasp a hold of that and walk in that power, walk in that strength? Throughout life, we've become those that have sought after him at times harder than others. Why is that? Sometimes we we are caught up in a lie of the enemy. We believe lies that have been spoken over us, about us, or to us. We believe lies about who God really is and how much God really loves us. God wants to remove anything, folks, anything that separates us from him. He wants no separation. God wants to remove anything. I mean anything. There's something you need to give to him now. Just place it in your hands and say, Father God, I just give this to you. Because I don't want it. Why don't you just do that? Is there something that you want to get rid of that you don't want to carry anymore? Just place it in your hands symbolically and say, Lord, I give this to you. Now, Father God, as your people are obedient to give to you what is not benefiting them, I ask what you have in return for them. The Father only gives good gifts. He takes away the bad. He gives good. I thank you, Lord, for those gifts. I thank you, Lord, for your goodness and your mercy. I thank you, Lord, that we can walk in that truth today. He will always draw us back to himself. No matter where we stray, he's always calling back. When the prodigal son came back, the father saw him, what? Saw him far off and welcomed him back. God loves each and one of us so much that he will wait. He will beckon us. He will call us to himself. We need to see ourselves as our Heavenly Father sees us. Not as what the world puts on us, but how our Father sees us. Not by negative words spoken over us, not by broken promises, not by the wounds that we've experienced in life, but how God truly sees us as his children. Now get to the sermon. We want to talk about rewriting a life sentence. That can have a kind of a negative connotation to it, but (laughs) life sentence is something that every one of us at one time or another in our life has experienced. And it's a reaction of some type that comes up from time to time. It's attached to a memory, some pleasant, some not so pleasant. Maybe a reaction to a storyline in a movie when you get teary-eyed. Now I know most of you men don't cry. It's just your eyeballs sweat. But, you know, it can be anything that you have a reaction to. 
Maybe a reaction to somebody that cuts you off in traffic. And then that frustration arises. Or maybe a statement that someone makes that stings, and for some reason you just can't get by it. A life sentence is an inner statement of belief that controls our lives. It's triggered by familiar circumstances. It's a statement or an experience that is recorded in our minds, and it plays back frequently. It continues to hold us in bondage and stifles our seeds of greatness from growth. It affects who we are. It affects family and personal relationships. It affects our very relationship with God. The statement was recorded at an earlier time in life, and it contains wrong information about our relationship with God and with man. It's recorded when we're wounded. It could have been recorded in our family. It could have been recorded in our church. It could have been recorded in a life experience. Anywhere. Anytime. And sometimes we don't even know that it's working in our lives unless we truly look for it. God wants you to walk in freedom, not bound up by the past. He doesn't want those experiences playing over and over again. He wants you to walk in total truth and wholeness. In his presence, we see truth, and we can rewrite those sentences of who we truly are according to God's word. If you have your Bibles with you, let's turn to Psalm 36. Verses 7 through 9. Psalms 36 says, How precious is your loving kindness, O God. Therefore, the children of men put their trust under the shadow of your wings. They are abundantly satisfied with the fullness of your house, and you give them drink from the river of your, of your pleasures. For with you is the fountain of life, and in your light we see light. Let's go back to that. In your light, Lord, we see light. We see truth. In fact, his presence is truth. Truth isn't a set of data. It isn't a set of facts. Something isn't true just because we believe it's true. That doesn't make it true. Truth is in the person of Jesus Christ. Truth went to the cross for you and I. Truth is something we need to walk in each and every day. When we have something that comes into our hearts, we say, Lord, what, is, what do I need to know about that? He's right there. Ask him. It's just like forgiveness. Sometimes we have to forgive multiple times. But it's easy to go there once you get into that rhythm of saying, okay, I choose to forgive. Okay, I choose not to take that personally. I choose to walk by your word and by your truth, Lord. 
How we experience his presence in healing of a wound communicates deep truth to us about who God is and about ourselves as well as the ones who wounded us. See, he may reveal not only, he will reveal not only what you're feeling and what is there, but he'll also reveal things about that person that wounded you, if you'll ask. Anyone or many of these could be a life sentence for you that I'm going to go over right now. But during COVID, Remy and I have been providing healing prayer ministry online here and also uh, through Connect Up. We've seen so many people set free. We've seen so many people just through forgiveness walking out in healing. Walking differently, entering in one way, and you see them rise up a different way. God's not bound by Zoom. God's not bound by a conversation on the phone. I remember one day standing right about there praying for a gentleman in the hospital with another man and that man getting healed. We are not, you know, we don't work in our full potential. God is not bound by anything. Not by anything. As I'm speaking, you may see some of these things, and I want you to know that as I say these words, there's power here today for healing. There's power today to seek truth and to hear truth from Jesus Christ. He isn't bound by time. He can bring healing to a past memory just as well as things in your life right now. He wants you to walk in truth, expelling the lies of the enemy. Enemy has no authority in your lives. Stand up in that authority of the truth of who you are in Christ. Many of us have walked in fear. Now, I want you to think about this. Many of us have walked in fear. Fear is what, 365 times it's mentioned in the Bible. It's one of the first things mentioned in the Bible. You know, look at those things. It's a feeling of being alone, that fear of being alone, of wanting to run, wanting to avoid, or wanting to hide. But I want you to know something, and I want you to allow Jesus just to show you in your personal life. Jesus wants you to know he is there with you in that memory. He may be embracing you. He may be holding your hands. But he wants you to know that he's got you. I remember back there about where John Lippy was. And my cousin was sitting here when my, Alec, when my son Alec passed away. And my cousin's sitting there. And she's from a, a Lutheran church. And she never really experienced what we experience a lot of times. And she's back, she says, Kevin, he says, I felt, I felt the arms of the Lord wrapped around me. Yeah, he does that. He does that, and he'll pour out his love upon each of you. Let him just minister to you in that place. Dispelling fear that you may walk in truth. Uh, 
How many of you ever experienced rejection? <laughs> I grew up in a, uh, a place where my cousins were either younger or my cousins were older, and here I am. <laughs> they didn't want to play with me. They didn't want to play with me. <laughs> so, you know, there was rejection, and I didn't know what that was till later in life. But all those things affect us if we truly look at them and see what those things are. Like, I don't belong. Constantly in search mode, restless. You know, where am I supposed to be? What am I supposed to do? Jesus will invite you to himself. He will call you into his presence. Love on you like no other. Letting you know, letting you know that you're accepted. That acceptance rejects. (laughs) Rejection passes away that rejection, gets rid of that rejection. Because now you know the truth. The next thing is worthlessness. You may have the feeling that I'm not as good. And then you strive to try to earn affection. Jesus wants to stand with you or stand behind you, approving of you. You know, just I just saw something as I was saying that, you know, and I, you'll see in these movies so many times where this person will be standing there and, and the person in front of them is going to attack them. All of a sudden, they get this frightened look on their face and, and they run. It's because of somebody bigger standing behind them. You know? That's Jesus for you. Standing with you, standing behind you. He's your protector. He's your shield. He's our strong tower. Many times we can get caught up walking in shame. The feeling of I'm not good enough. I'm blaming others. I'm covering. But Jesus wants to cover you. That covering that only he can bring. For you to know that he's got you. We can experience, not only with that, but insecurity. I'm not safe. I want to control things around me or manipulate things because I don't feel safe. Jesus will surround you in a protective way. He will keep you. He is our protection. We can look at defilement. The feeling of I'm ruined because of what happened to me. 
But you know something? Tammy already spoke on that this morning. Washed in the blood of Jesus. The blood cleanses. The blood purifies. The blood takes away all that stuff. Imagine him just washing over you. Washing over you each and every day. He washes off the things that have tried to stick to us. He washes off the things that have clung on. He washes off that feeling of shame, that feeling of defilement. We can be in a place where we feel hopeless. Like I'll never this, I'll never that. I want to quit. I want to stop moving forward. Jesus will turn you towards himself and he will look you in the eyes. Changing your focus. Man, would that change your focus? Seeing him before you. Embracing all that he has for you. Any one of these or many of these could have been a life sentence for you. But I'm trusting today that you're going to walk out of here in freedom. Because you're walking in his truth. You're walking in his light. You know that he has you. You've seen ways in which he has turned himself to you. Things that have stifled the growth of that seed of greatness within you are gone. In Jesus' name. We need to walk in that freedom. We need to walk in that truth knowing that he never leaves us, never forsakes us, is always with us in all things. Knowing that we are only hindered by not fully trusting, by not fully believing, by not fully grabbing a hold of what he has for us and walking in that truth each and every day. We don't have to fear things. He is with us. He is with us in all things. He loves each and every one of you. Tammy, would you come, please? Today, I'd like you to do something with me, and that's just declare some things over yourselves. And as we do that, Tammy's going to play a little background music and then she'll close after that. But I want you to know that he walks with us each day. He brings truth. We walk in light in all that we do. So I'd like for us to declare who we are in Christ. Would you stand with me, please? And if you just repeat after me, you're just declaring who you are. I am forgiven of all my sins. I'm washed in the blood of Christ. I am blessed. I am chosen. I am chosen. I am the head. I am not the tail. I am above. And I'm not beneath. 
I'm strong in the Lord. I am more than a conqueror. I am righteous. I am holy. I have been given a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of self-discipline. I have received power, power of the Holy Spirit, power to lay hands on the sick and see them recover, power to cast out demons, power over all the power of the enemy. I, because of who I am, may approach God with boldness, with freedom, and with confidence. And I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Lord, today, I bind my mind to the will of God in the precious name of Jesus Christ. We celebrate you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You are worthy. You are holy. And we give you glory and honor in this place, O Lord. For you alone are our focus today. You alone are our truth and the light that we walk in. And we thank you, Father. We thank you for healing. If you need healing in your body right now, come forth. Come forward and we will lay hands upon you. For we know that he will cast out the sickness. He will bring wholeness to your body. He will bring health to your bones. You will be whole in Jesus' name. There is nothing that can hinder the hand of the Lord. There is nothing that His truth will not bring to light. We thank you, Father. We thank you, Father. Thank you for listening. You can find us online at BethelAG.com or on Facebook at Bethel Assembly of God, Littlestown, Pennsylvania. Our services are also live-streamed every Sunday on our YouTube channel, Bethel AG, Littlestown, Pennsylvania.